0: Everyone And welcome to today's episode of the positive proof podcast. I'm your host Parmas Najmi and I am so glad that you're here. If you want to listen to more episodes like this one on self improvement, mindset and wellness, go ahead and hit that follow button to join the family. Today's episode is going to be a longer one. So grab a drink or a snack and put on your headphones so we can chat. We're going to be diving into all things social anxiety. It's something that a lot of us experience and if you clicked on this episode, chances are you're currently struggling with it or have struggled with it in the past. I think one of the biggest misconceptions about social anxiety is that it usually is something introverts experience or just individuals that are more antisocial, but this couldn't be farther from the truth. I for one am such a social butterfly and definitely an extrovert but have recently come to experience social anxiety more often and I can't count the number of awkward encounters I've had because my social anxiety was so bad that I either choked up on my words or froze and didn't know what to say. So yes, it has gotten pretty bad at times and you wouldn't expect that from someone who truly enjoys interacting with others either, but I have come to learn that it's completely normal and it's still possible to be a people's person yet experience social anxiety simultaneously. I also want to put it out there that you may be that person who feels they're awkward or socially anxious, but don't end up showing signs of it when in social situations. In this case, you've probably convinced yourself that you're awkward or lack social skills. And because of that have sparked feelings of anxiety. Either way, the remedies I want to talk about today will not only pinpoint the actual feeling of social anxiety, but also how to overcome signs of it in social situations as well. My friends and family tell me all the time when I complain about being socially awkward that I do perfectly fine and I don't come off anxious in any way, which goes to show again that I've brought it upon myself to believe I'm socially awkward, making me socially anxious. We're going to be utilizing those two words quite a bit this episode, so bear with me. First and foremost, it's so important to try and overcome your social anxiety because it can really have a negative impact on your life and result in missing opportunities. It can hold you back from feeling connected with others, deepening those relationships and just overall reducing your quality of life. So now that I've pointed out how important it is to combat this issue, I want to start off by going over the root of the problem and how to recognize the problem. I think it's important to note where the social anxiety stems from because it can develop due to a number of different reasons ranging from past experiences, genetics, the way you were raised, personal fears, triggering circumstances, etc. I know for me, social anxiety was not something I experienced as a child. In fact, when I first started university, I was so incredibly socially confident that I would go to a networking event alone and introduce myself to an entirely new crowd of people that were in the middle of a conversation. A couple of years later, when I was struggling with my mental health, I developed a fear of judgment not only from my own internal struggles, but from comments from friends that would not make me feel my best. Fast forward to today, those friends are no longer in my life and I've overcome my internal struggles, but I now understand where it all started from. And if you don't know whether or not you deal with social anxiety, ask yourself if you've ever avoided certain social interactions. And this can be as simple as being the last person to arrive at a certain place or event making a return for your purchase, initiating conversation, making eye contact, asking questions that are not commonly asked, etc. Do you ever experience tension in those situations or rapid heartbeat, hives, sweating, brain block, nausea, any of those? Because they're all symptoms of social anxiety. A little bit of a side note, when I first got hired at my first retail job, I was wearing this really cute outfit that showed off my decolletage and I was introducing myself to the team on the very first day and my boss was like, why is your chest so red? I look in the mirror and my entire chest is covered in hives. I was confused as she was because this was the first time I ever noticed this, but I I brushed it off and didn't think anything of it because I felt okay and I was super excited to get to know everyone and just start training. Fast forward a few weeks and I noticed it happened again when we had family guests over and again when I met my boyfriend's friends for the first time. So I did a simple Google search to see if this was normal and it turned out it's a histamine response to the way that I was feeling. I thought it was strictly social anxiety at the time, but this happens to me very, Very often, and pretty much any excitement, anger, temperature rise, anxiety, sexual pleasure, or something I'm super engaged in can cause this, which is very unusual. But I thought I'd share this story because I first found out this is the way my body reacts as a result of a social interaction that made me half anxious, half excited. So that's just a fun little story, but we went over a few physical symptoms and scenarios that may be a sign you're experiencing social anxiety and what can potentially cause it, but I want to dive deeper and go over some remedies that have helped me manage it better. I say manage because I still experience those physical symptoms time to time, and it's just a matter of reminding yourself of these coping mechanisms and realities that I'm about to get into, which helped me get me out of my head. First remedy or kind of reminder to yourself, note to self is nobody cares. They're not making fun of you and you need to talk back to the negative thoughts. Nobody really cares if you're socially awkward or not. And chances are, even if you do show signs of discomfort in a conversation due to a lack of social skills, Who cares? Seriously, who cares? And I'll tell you what it looks and sounds like from the other person's perspective because I've been on both ends given I'm an extrovert and there are different levels of the spectrum when it comes to being socially awkward and such. So I remember having a conversation with someone and I can tell right away they felt uncomfortable, intimidated, and awkward. And in that moment, I felt so bad that I did everything I could to make them loosen up. And more often than not, Others are doing the same. Obviously this is considering that they're a you know good human being with good intentions, but others are probably doing the same. No one's going to notice you being socially awkward and think to themselves, "Wow, this person's such a loser." That's just a scenario that you put in your head. Next remedy is know yourself and your boundaries. If you need to cut a conversation short, do it. Everyone has limits. You don't have to engage in a conversation that you don't want to. But if it's a conversation you know will benefit you and you're avoiding it because you're scared, then that's different. The reason I want to include this point is because I'm the type of person where if I see someone I know, I automatically feel like I have to engage in an entire conversation with them and make small talk. But that shouldn't be the case. A simple wave hello will do. And this happened because I was a people pleaser and thought if I don't socialize with that person, that it would be rude. So now I've set those boundaries for myself, and I couldn't be happier, and I recommend that you do the same. Next remedy, which we kind of touched on, is that the scenario you've created in your head is not real. I think a lot of us can agree that if or when you get socially anxious, it's probably because you have a fear of judgment, humiliation, embarrassment, or too much attention, which is all fair, but... If you take a step back for just a second and ask yourself, is what I'm anticipating just negative thoughts that are crowding my head or are they real? Are they based on real hard facts? Do I know for a fact that that person I'll be interacting with will judge me or laugh at me? No, this is when we have to tell ourselves, okay, like Parmas, it's time to take control of your thoughts and snap out of it. A lot of the times, even if you're not dealing with anxiety but you're just overthinking, what you're essentially doing is just creating a bunch of scenarios in your head and coming up with what ifs which cloud your head up and get you overwhelmed, worried and unnecessarily stressed out. So this is a very important thing that you should work on because it can definitely help in other areas of your life as well. Next remedy, which you might have guessed, is building your confidence. Confidence is a major thing in many areas of your life and is one of the things that will help eliminate that fear of someone else judging you, which is- is causing that social anxiety or potentially causing that social anxiety. If you're really, really confident in who you are, then you're going to have a I don't give a fudge mindset. Keeping it clean on here, by the way, for our PG listeners. And um, the more you love yourself, the more you build that confidence, the more you accept everything you do and say, and the less you care about what other people think of you because you're only working to please yourself and not others. Obviously, this is much easier said than done, but it doesn't mean it's impossible. There are so many ways to build your confidence and I can do a separate episode on this, but in short, you're going to want to invest in yourself. This can be internal and external. So things such as learning new skills, getting to know yourself and accepting yourself for who you are. And this can all be done via meditation, journaling, prioritizing your health with exercise and nutrition, implementing a routine that will benefit you short and long-term, and so much more that I can, again, go into on a deeper level in a separate episode. Next remedy is practice, practice, and practice. You're going to want to expose yourself to anxiety-inducing situations, and you can start off small. If you want to cope, with your social anxiety, that's fine. But if you really wanna improve and feel empowered, I would put yourself in those uncomfortable situations where you have to face your social anxiety. Give it a name if you have to. Give it a name so that you don't perceive it as part of your identity, so that you see it as just a temporary problem that you're dealing with. If you feel like the social anxiety is a part of who you are, that's when you won't be able to see any progress. Rather, it may be a part of you forever. For example, if you want to call it, let's say, Alex, next time you're dealing with your social anxiety, speak out loud and say, hey, Alex, cut it out. The fear mongering and negative talk you're putting into my head are not real. So cut it out and put it to rest. And I know it sounds silly, but it does help. So, once you've given it a name and you start talking back to it, start exposing yourself to anxiety-inducing situations. It doesn't have to be some grand gesture or situation you put yourself in, because social anxiety usually comes from a place of fear, and the goal when putting yourself in the anxiety-inducing situations is to face your fears. For example, you can start off small by calling your friend the next time you want to chat, which was something that I used to be very fearful of. I know it sounds ridiculous, but phone calls were just so difficult for me and even with my close friends. I don't know why, but I just thought I didn't have the social skills to have a conversation run smoothly on the spot versus text where you can kind of think of a response beforehand. Thankfully, I don't deal with this anymore, but some other examples of starting off small could be asking how the grocery store cashier is doing or asking the waitress what the best thing on the menu is. And if these things don't seem to scare you, then bump it up a notch. The point is, do the thing that scares you until it doesn't scare you anymore. Next remedy has everything to do with acceptance and avoidance. It's worth pointing out that the more you avoid social situations and the more you're fearful of the fact that you have social anxiety, the worse it's actually going to get. Plus, why would you avoid it if you can face it and improve how you deal with it? You need to fully acknowledge that you feel anxious in social situations and then uncover the root causes of it rather than fixating on the fact that if this is something you're dealing with and self-pitying yourself that things shouldn't be this way. By shifting your mindset to accept what's going on and eliminating avoidance, you'll likely stop judging yourself, engaging in victim mentality, and having a negative perception of yourself. Next thing on the list is taking the focus off yourself. If you run into a conversation with a socially intelligent person, right off the bat, they're going to start asking you questions, asking you how you are and just anything about you that they want to catch up on or get to know about. And we all know how anxious that can make us feel if it's an off day or you're caught off guard or you're unprepared or you just deal with really bad anxiety. If that's the case, Try to shift the focus of the conversation away from yourself just to relieve some of that pressure where you'll need to speak or articulate your thoughts in some way. People love talking about themselves and if you can master this technique of shifting the focus away from yourself by asking the other person questions and keeping your own responses short, then it can help your levels of anxiety by a lot because you won't be worried about what they think of you if you're not doing most of the talking, right? So that's that. The last thing on the list is physical and mental health. If you're someone who deals with various types of anxiety, you may want to revisit the root cause of what's making you feel this way. I know that the rare occasion when I feel anxious kind of randomly, it's because I've forgotten to keep myself in check by doing a list of natural things to prevent anxiety. And these are things that I actually learned are must do's by a doctor named Daniel Amen. Definitely check him out. I've learned so many amazing things from him. But I'm going to regurgitate everything he said. The first one being to make sure you're getting regular blood tests. Because things like hypoglycemia, low iron, hyperthyroidism, these things can play a role on anxiety and I myself, I'm low in iron to the point where if I'm sitting and I get up too quickly, I completely black out for a few seconds which can get quite annoying and concerning, but I take supplements now and it's helped substantially. So get some blood work and make sure everything is in check. Next thing to be wary of is the consumption of artificial dyes and sweeteners, which can also cause anxiety. I personally just thought these things were bad for your overall health, but I didn't know that it can cause anxiety. So it was a huge eye-opener for me. So next time you're going for that Diet Coke, think again because that's what might be causing a lot of your anxiety. Also, you've probably heard it a million times, but meditation, journaling, and gratitude can be your savior. I used to think that meditation is the biggest waste of time. I didn't know how to do it, and I was so impatient and just irritated about the fact that I'd have to sit in one spot and think about nothing, which honestly seemed impossible to do, but once you play around with it and you get the hang of it, you'll get a taste of the peace that it can bring, and trust me, you'll never want to go back. And listen, it doesn't have to be time consuming. I myself only do five minutes, whether it's Shavasana at the end of my yoga practice or a quick break in the middle of the day when I'm feeling super overwhelmed. I just get up from my desk and I'll just take a deep breath, close my eyes and repeat to myself for the next five minutes that there are no expectations of me. It's just me, myself and I in my own presence. I am healthy, safe and alive. And I just continue with those deep breaths until I feel that peace again. Another thing that I would kind of recommend you reflect on is how much exercise you're getting, how much sleep you're getting, and how nutritious your diet is. I know it's very commonly talked about, but if people realize the power of these three things, the majority of your problems you would not have to face. The way that you take care of your body will not only affect your physical health, but your mental health too. So if you need a reality check, give yourself that reality check. Before you complain about having anxiety, just be honest with yourself. Am I even taking care of myself? Have I paid attention to the foods that make me feel my best and the ones that make me feel my worst? Because a lot of people kick it under the rug and think anxiety is just a completely separate issue that's not associated with sleep, diet, and exercise, which couldn't be farther from the truth. I know when I'm stressed, anxious, unmotivated, and just bummy overall, it's literally because I'm not following my usual routine. So to recap... If you feel like you're dealing with symptoms of social anxiety, have a deeper look into this and if it turns out that you do in fact get anxious in social situations, then try to uncover the reasons why because this can help you pick and choose what remedies work best. Once you have a solid understanding of what you're dealing with and why, you can start to explore any of the following remedies that have helped me manage my social anxiety. So just to recap the eight things that we spoke about, first one being the reminder that nobody cares so that you can talk back to the fear of judgment from others. Second one being setting boundaries for yourself. Third is understanding that scenarios you've created in your head are not real. Fourth being building your confidence. Fifth being exposure to anxiety inducing situations as practice. And number six, acceptance and avoidance. Number seven, learning to take the focus off of yourself. And lastly, number eight, working on your physical and mental health for overall anxiety. And that is a wrap. I do hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please leave a review. Your feedback means so much to me. And if you don't know yet, I'm actually doing monthly giveaways where a random person will be selected from those of you who did leave a review. The winner will be announced on upcoming episodes. And if you want an extra entry into the giveaway, make sure to share this podcast or episode via socials and tag me at Parmas Najmi and at Positive Proof Podcast. And if you've made it this far, I appreciate you so, so much and can't wait to chat with you again in next week's episode. Lots of love, Parmas.